As Pastor Vernon said, this is the holiest week of the Christian New Year. And we celebrate on Palm Sunday because we had it right on Palm Sunday. We recognized the king of the universe who had come into our world. We worshiped him and we were joyous. But then as the week proceeds, the most heinous of evil happens. And we proceed to Good Friday. And once we had it all right, we got it all wrong. We were responsible for that. And it's just like God to make it turn out perfect. It's all perfect. Because that's how capable our God is. Our lives are like that, aren't they? And as we proceed to Easter, we must recognize how God has equipped us. Now, before I go into this message, and this message is going to have the buoyancy of worship, uh, because there's a, there's a joy that we have no matter what. The Bible says, count it all joy, my people, when you face various trials. And I'm going to tell you why we can do that. But here's, here's what I want us to, to understand. Practically speaking, going into next weekend, there's not an 11 o'clock worship service. Just so you know. There's a 10 o'clock and a noon. So you make your, cho- make your choice and take your chances. All right? Um, and, and, but it's going to be great because we're going to have lots of folks visit. I hope you invite lots of folks. I hope you say, hey, come. It's Easter. Come to my church with me. Um, and, 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 and bring them because it's going to be a wonderful time when they can hear about God's love. Everybody needs to hear about God's love. By the way, those of you who are part of Northern and have been so for years, I want you to remember on Easter, we kind of have a tradition here. Everybody tithes. Just 10% of whatever their last deal was, okay? And then watch what happens. It's just something we do together. So we look forward to that time, but watch, watch for the times and, uh, and, and take it from there. Now, we have been in this series that has its last lesson today. And, and we've been talking about, historically, the Lenten season was a time to prepare new Christians for the resurrected life by telling them the basics of how God had equipped their life to, to, to live in the life that he intended. And so we've been talking about being equipped with the gospel and being equipped with the scriptures and how God equips us with the Holy Spirit um, and God equips us with the church and with the sacraments. Now today I'm going to talk about the, the gifts of the spirit. Now I, I want to I start out with a big picture here. I, I, and, and by the way, I'm going to do it di- differently. Those of you who come from church and you, and you have some schooling in church and been taught in the church, when I say spiritual gifts, boom, right away you're thinking, I know their names, I know their descriptions, so on and so forth. Some of those who are not raised in church, you're going, what? Well, I'm going to do this differently. Somebody sent me a list this week of just general attributes that are favorable, talents and, and, and capacities that, that are favorable but don't have any spiritual, specific spiritual title attached to them. And she said, 
how would you link these with the spiritual gift? Well, I love a challenge. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. When I get to that place, I'm going to start naming some qualities that you've seen in people's lives. You have not linked them with their spiritual gifts. They have not linked them with their spiritual gifts. But as soon as I say them, somebody's going to come to your mind. And then I'll say what spiritual gift that might indicate. I want you to write that down, both the name of the person and the spiritual gift. And I want you to tell them. You know, I was in church this weekend, and they talked about people like this, and it reminded me of you. I think you've got this. And pastor said, you might have this spiritual gift. Think about that. So just, we'll get there. But, but let, me, let me paint the big picture. Here's the big picture. We know we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We were knit together in our mother's womb intentionally. God had a plan for our lives. Our days were ordained when there was not yet one of them. You are irreplaceable. Nobody can do in this life what God put you here to do, or you wouldn't be here. The question is, what is that? And, and, and why did God make me like he did? And what am I supposed to do with that? That's the question. And so here's what I want to go over this morning. I want to say, on the way to Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should walk in them. God had particular things in mind. We start out before we ever get to God. All of us start out before we ever... Uh, believe in God. And we live what is called a natural life. It's just we were born once. We were born of, of the water, okay? And so we've been born once. And, 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 and this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Now, what does that mean? That means all of us want to do good. And none of us can do it very consistently. All of us want to have this magnificent life. None of us have the capacity in ourselves to live that magnificent life. Because we're, we're, we just keep getting off track. We get self-centered and we get, you know, impulsive and, we, and, and, and so on and so forth. And we can't achieve it. And so we're kind of dead to that life that we were meant to live and we want to live in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. What is that course? <laughs> Basically three characteristics. We want to survive. We, 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 we want to protect what is ours. And we want to solve problems. That's basically what our lives are about. You know, protection, survival, Solve problems. I get up every day, I solve more problems. God meant you for so much more than that. I mean, all of those are good things. But, but, but watch this. Our nature is to be fairly nice people until somebody threatens us or says something bad about us or comes after what, we, what means something to us. I, when, when our boys were growing up, we had this little dog. Uh, Shelby was a, uh, was a dog's name. It was a cross between a Lhasa Apsa and a Poodle. It was a Lhasa Poo. And, and, and just the sweetest little dog, just the kindest, just friendliest little dog to everybody. Didn't have an enemy. Except 
When that dog had something in its mouth, if you tried to get it out, that dog would come after you, didn't care how big you were, didn't care if you had a gut. Now, I want to tell you, that's our nature. That's the animal nature. You know, I'm a fairly nice guy. Don't come after anything that means something to me. All right? Or that's our nature. Now watch. When we are born again, when we take on a new nature, when we have the resurrected nature of Jesus Christ, then we're, we don't need to be self-protective anymore. I mean, our old nature, kind of make, we kind of regress into it, but, 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 but we, will, we want to, to make contributions many times to our own detriment. I mean, we, I mean, we don't even, we don't think of, of, of that. We, we, we think we want to be used of God to do good. And let me tell you a joke. I, I uh, heard a story um, some time ago about uh, the French Revolution. Remember the French Revolution? And the, and the means of execution, of course, was the guillotine. All right? Big blade come down. Well, three Christians were sentenced to death by the guillotine. All right? The first one goes up. I'm going to be talking about spiritual gifts today, so I'm going to, this, is, this is what caught my eye on this story. First one goes up. He has the gift of faith. They said, do you have any last words? He said, yes. He said, I have faith that I will not die today by the guillotine. And so they put him down, pulled the lever. Sure enough, the blade didn't drop. Well, the executioners took that as an omen. They let the guy go. Second one comes up. He has the gift of prophecy. And he says, thus saith the Lord, I proclaim today that I am not to die today by the guillotine. They put his head down, pull the lever. Sure enough, the blade didn't go down. They thought, what in the world? So they let the guy go. Third guy comes up. He has the gift of helps. They... They said to him, do you want a a hood? He said, no, I'm as brave as these other guys are. I can face whatever they did. So they said, oh, you can. Okay, we're going to turn you upside down, and we're going to let you face the blade as it comes down. They go back to the lever. They put their hand in the lever. He said, hey, wait a minute, fellas. I think I spot the trouble with your guillotine. (laughs) People who have spiritual gifts... Just want to use a spiritual gift, sometimes at great cost to themselves. (laughs) The point is we've been given a new nature. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I've, I've quoted this to you. First of all, it says, for we are saved by grace, unmerited favor, that not of works, lest any man should boast. This is what you need to know about the spiritual gifts. You don't have to work them. They work you. There's a difference between a talent, I'm going to be talking about talents, and spiritual gifts. A talent is something given to you by God, very broad, and it's up to you whether or not you develop it, and it's up to you whether or not you use it. A spiritual gift is a capacity that you have by God's design for a way that God himself will come through you. With a talent, you use it. With a spiritual gift, 
You are used by God in it. That's a difference. Huge difference. And so this is what it says in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. Remember what I said about you being knit together in your mother's womb. You're made not by accident, but on purpose. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Could I insert here, for particular good works. You will be able to do certain things by the power of God that other people can do, and they can do things that you can't do. Stay, stay with me because the plot thickens. It says, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That is, becoming very aware that we have been put here to serve the world in certain ways. And so therefore, it's, 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 it's really important that we understand there are basically two kinds of ways God works through us in the world. One is through our inclinations, very general ways. They are talents or capacities that, that some of us have that many others don't. That's noted, by the way, before the Holy Spirit ever comes at Pentecost. You see, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the entire church at Pentecost. Um, I'm going I'm to read to you 1 Corinthians. That's how we know we have at least one spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit was poured out on an entire church. But before that, what happened? Was God absent from the world? Did, did God not work through his people? No. There are certain inclinations that are God-given, certain gifts and talents. Let me show you a passage. This is way back in Genesis, um, um, at, the, at the beginning of creation and the development of civilizations. In Genesis chapter 4, verses 20 through 22a, it says this. It says, Adah gave birth to Jabal. Jabal, it says, he was the founder of the father of all of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. Let me tell you what, I, one of the things I get from that. There are certain people, Esau and, and uh, I'm sorry, um, um, Cain and Abel were, were of, of different. There are certain people who have a heart for animals. They just, I mean, some of, you know some of these folks. You are some of these folks. You'd rather hang out with animals than you would with people. Because frankly, they're a little bit nicer, and 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 you just and but you've got this connection, you know. Some of us go dog, you go dog. <laughs> so you've got this connection. You know people. Well, you you're a child of Jabel. You know you're the you're in that tribe because you just love animals. Some of you have been, have been waiting for April to have this baby giraffe for. I mean, my wife says to me, guess how many people are watching this giraffe have this baby? This, this giraffe had been trying to have this baby for like six months now. And, and people are making connections over the birth of a baby giraffe. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Good for you. But, <laughs> but I'm just talking about animal people. Okay, let, let, let me go ahead here. Now, his brother's name was Jubal. Jabal and Jubal, <laughs> brothers. Jubal was the father of all those who play the lyre and the pipe. Some of you know people who are gifted musically. Some of you know people who have tried and they still can't do it. My wife wouldn't mind me telling you, she took piano for 10 
years. Can't play a note. She was just being nice to her mother, but she just... Some of you just sat down at a board and just started tinkling one day, and man, that was that. And so... You're of the tribe of Jubal. There's a gift that you have that the rest of us are glad that you have, but couldn't do it to save our lives. As for Zillah, she also gave birth to Tubal-Cain, the forger of all implements of bronze and iron. Some of you know people who are gifted with their hands. They're craftsmen. They're gifted with their hands. I... My wife won't allow me to have tools in the house. We've been to the hospital too many times. She just took them away. And so no matter how I want to do I can't do it. But some of you just sit down and you just, you know, and you're not only craftsmen, you just make things that are practical help to people. That's a gift to the world. That's a talent and a capacity that God has given you. So we're grateful to God for that. But... Let me go to 1 Corinthians. There are specific ways that God has wired you so that you will fit into the church and have a function that the church needs and the kingdom, this is how the kingdom spreads. Let me, let me go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 6 and 7, and verse 11 says this. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. See, all these things come, all these things work together. But to each one, you know who that, that, that means? That means each of you and y'all and all y'all, all right? Each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good, all y'all. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. And so what does that mean? That means two things. First of all, spiritual gifts aren't exact, all right? Don't say, I've got the spiritual gift of, you know, fill in the blank, therefore I can't do anything else. No, God can use you for any spiritual gift at any time. God can use you for anything he wants in any situation. So you can't be going around in just entrapped in your own category. Don't do that. God is the one who um, um, has put you where you are and he can use you however he chooses. So don't be surprised if you do something that's pretty significant spiritually that wasn't usually in your spiritual gift package. So don't, don't, get, don't get too categorical or, or defined by what, by what we're about to do. But here's the other thing. Most of us are taught when we, for those of you with a church background, you were taught to look for your spiritual gift. You take spiritual gift tests. You can, you can find a, a bazillion of these online. And you go, okay, I think I'm a prophet. Okay. And, 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 and because I have these qualities. Can I just say to you that that's probably not the most helpful way to approach spiritual gifts. Because spiritual gifts aren't about you. Spiritual gifts are about how you fit with other people for the accomplishment of God's purposes. There was a, there was a uh, I'm going to call the worship team out because I want them to hear this. There was a, a movie, and I think it was in, uh, uh, I can't remember when it came out, but it was about the 1980 
uh, ice hockey team, the American ice hockey team at the Olympics, who ended up, to everyone's utter shock, winning the gold medal. And the movie was about how the coach selected the players for that team. And, 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 and after they had, had, had tryouts and they watched all these players and so on and so forth, he handed a list to the assistant coach. He said, this is, these are the people on the team. The assistant coach looked at that list and he, he said to the head coach, he said, but you haven't got some of the best players on the team. This is what the head coach said. He said, it's not about being the best. It's not about getting the best players. It's about getting the right players. In other words, spiritual gifts aren't about your talent or your capacity or your performance. It's about teamwork. It's about how we do this together. And the only way you really know what your spiritual gifts are is when you watch God use them in the midst of others, many of the believers, and you'll see it to, to come forth. So therefore, let me tell you what we're going to do. This is fun. I'm not going to talk about you this morning. I'm going to talk about people you love. I'm not going to have you pick yourself out of this group. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up certain qualities. Let me tell you what happened this week. Somebody sent me a whole list of capacities and qualities that are, that are not ordinary linked to spiritual anything. They're just stuff. And she challenged me. She said, how would these fit with spiritual gifts? How would these fit? Now, here's what the thought is. If you're inclined toward a certain spiritual gift, you will have certain indicators that people usually don't link with spiritual giftedness. I'm going to give you some of those indicators, all right? I want you to think, as I'm naming these qualities or these, these strengths, I'm going to give you these strengths, and I want you to think of someone you know who has these. And then I'd kind of like you to do, if you will, do something extra. I want you to note who they are, write their name, and beside them, I'll ultimately describe what those talents are linked to in spiritual giftedness. And I want you to do this. You know, we were, we were talking in church this, this week about people with certain capacities. And pastor named one that reminded me of you. And I think it'd be good for you to know about it because it's, it, it may indicate a spiritual gift that you would have. All right? And so I want you to be able to help somebody else realize how they've been gifted. And in that, you'll ultimately realize your own. Okay, you ready for this? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Do you know someone, you don't have to raise your hand, don't have to stand up. I made everybody stand up last night and it was like everybody was winded by the end of the service. And so we won't do that. But just in your mind, link a name with this. Do you know somebody who's a troubleshooter? I mean, they just go in and they, and they kind of clear away the, the chaff and they can get right to the problem. Um, um, they are also good critical thinkers. They don't get swept away with a lot of optimism. I mean, if everybody around is optimistic, that's fine. All, that's all good. That's, that's fine. But that doesn't really focus in on the problem we need to solve. And so I'm not going to go there with you. I'm going to focus in on the problem we still need to solve. Or they're really good with risk management. 
That is to say that no matter how good things are going, they know that in every good thing there are certain risks. And they focus on the risks so that there are not so many un- unpleasant or, 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 or at least unanticipated surprises. All right? If you know somebody like that, you could very well be dealing with a prophet. Because in the Bible, that's what a prophet does. A prophet speaks forth truth. They don't care about emotions. Especially, they don't care about, about all this fluff. They don't care about, you know, everybody just riding along in a wave of good feelings. They want to know what the problem is. They want to solve the problem, all right? That's a prophet. Okay, let me, let me give you another one. Do you know somebody who's really good at problem solving? They, they, they just enjoy, and they, they don't especially attach an emotion to it. They just enjoy solving stuff, all right? Or, here's, here's one we, we mentioned before. They're good with their hands. Um, they're, they're not especially delighted to work with people all the time, but, the, but, but they're, they're good like working wood or working iron or, 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 or um, you know, tubal cane people, you know? Um, they're, they're craftsmen. Uh, or they're, they're, good at vo- they're good at volunteering. Every cause that comes up, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Some of you are married to these people, by the way. You keep going, would you stop volunteering us for everything? Or, or they're, they're, some of them are directors. They, they want to get the task done. And so they take authority to say, you know, let's do this in a sensible way. Or they, they enjoy maintenance. They enjoy routine tasks because they know it has to be done. If you know somebody like this, very likely... They have the gift of service. The Bible talks about people who just want to serve. They don't, they, don't, they don't care about pleasing anybody. They just want to, they see a task, they want to get it accomplished. And they'll do everything they can to get that task accomplished. Now, let me show you some, some, some um, um, people who are like that, only they're pointed at people. Like, for example, on Palm Sunday, the Bible says a bunch of people went out into the fields to cut down palm branches. You know, there's only so many cloaks you can take off in a parade before you're embarrassed. And so they needed something to throw on the road. And so service people saw that. They said, well, I'll go, I'm going to go cut down the palms. Bet you there were people who followed them who said, Uncle John, I'll help you. Not because they cared about the palms or they cared about the task, but because they cared about Uncle, Uncle John. That's somebody with a gift of helps. Somebody with the gift of help is somebody with the gift of service, only it's personal for them because they want to help someone else out. Okay, how about this? Do you know somebody who's good at raising money? Would you introduce me to them? No, I'm <laughs> sorry. Sorry, it's a church thing. <clears throat> They're good at raising money, they are reliable when it comes to financial management. It's not greed for them. It's not even gain. It's just they're fascinated with how money works. You know, I, I, know, this, I know this guy, and, I, and, and if I told you his name, you'd know him too. And he said, I was lousy in math at school. But when they placed a dollar sign in front of the number, all of a sudden I became really good at it. 
Because, because he likes the whole dynamic of financial management. They, they're good investors, all right? Uh, and they can kind of predict the success of things. They know the good soil in which to plant the seed. And they, and they know how to prioritize things. Very likely, these people have the gift of giving. Now, let me tell you a misunderstanding about this particular gift. Many people confuse it with generosity. All of us should be generous. But generosity responds immediately to the need in front of you. People with the gift of giving uh, focus and channel their giving, their larger giving, to that which will produce the most for the kingdom. And so it's about impact, all right? People with the gift of giving. Let me show you another one. Do you know somebody who just has this uncanny ability to make friends? I mean, never met a stranger. People are drawn to this person because this person's drawn to them. Just super interested in people. Oh, it's, I love to hang around you. This is so much. You're so great, you know. Or they have the capacity for empathy like you've never seen before. I mean, do you know people, some of you do, that literally cry when somebody else cries? Because they feel, they literally feel the pain that person feels. That's their pain. And they, and they laugh when someone else laughs, you know, because that's, they feel their joy. That's the gift of empathy, all right? And, 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 and there's also people who are really good at social networking. You know who you should talk to, you know? You know who you should get with. Oh, you'd love this person. Chances are, they might have the gift of mercy. Mercy is not about just compassion and feeling sorry for somebody. Mercy is about making progress. Mercy is about healing. Mercy is about companionship. All right? Let me show you another one. There are people who are inspiring. Watch this. But they're also good. Here's going to surprise you. Joke tellers. Do you know somebody who could tell a good joke? I mean, somebody who, who just, you'd love to hang around because they're funny people. All right, let me go a little bit further. They're positive. Let me go a little bit further. They have the ability to handle change or failure far beyond what normal people have. Or they have this confidence, this self-assurance in Christ. Chances are, these people have the gift of faith. You know what faith does? Faith stays steady as a rock because you know God's got it. You know what humor does? Humor puts everything in perspective. Humor is the capacity to laugh at ourselves no matter how miserable things are. And we love that. And so if you know somebody like that, chances are they have the gift of faith. Let me, let me, let me do another one. Do you know somebody who... Um, you know what? We already did help. So let's, let's do another one. Let's do another one. Oh, time management. Do you know somebody who's a, who wants to do, make their time count and they've got it, you know, they've kind of got it into categories and how I'm going to stay most productive and so on and so forth and how you're going to stay most productive because they try to get you to prioritize your time. They're good problem solvers. They're good at negotiation, you know, um, uh, um, and because that's what, that's what you need to do if you're going to work with people. 
You got to be able to negotiate. You got to be able to say, well, I see that. How about this? Um, they're good at making preparation. They don't just walk into a, 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 a situation blind. They, 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 they try to get a sense of, okay, how am I going to respond? Or what's the best resources to take into this? They're good at decision making because they want to make progress. If you know somebody like this, chances are they're inclined toward the spiritual gift of administration. That's what that is. It's the kind of, 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 of enabling and empowering leadership that helps everybody to do what they need to do to solve a problem. All right, how about this? Do you know somebody with social intelligence? I mean, they, their EQ is off the charts. They, 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 you can, they, can, they can read somebody. Oh, wait, I want to do another one. I want to do another one. Take that one down. That's going to uh, distract me. I want to do another one. Do you, know, do you know somebody who, when they look at somebody, can see a capacity or a potential nobody else can see? I mean, they, they, it, there's the old story about, you know, an optimist and pessimist son, and they, they give the optimist a room full of toys, and, 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 and the optimist kid says, uh, I'm sorry, the pessimist kid walks into a room full of toys and said, you know, if, if, if I go in there and start playing with all this stuff, sure enough, I'm going to hurt myself. I know I am. They give the, 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 the optimist son just a room full of horse manure, and he just goes in there and starts digging. You've heard this story? And, and they said, what are you doing? He said, boy, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony down there somewhere. <laughs> All right. There, there are people, there are people who see that in people. They see, everybody else sees an ornery kid. They see the capacity for leadership. They say, no, you're missing something here. And they're, they're the coaches who believed in you when nobody else believed in you, including you. They are the cheerleaders. They're the ones who say, you can do it. If you're... If you know somebody like this, chances are they have the gift of exhortation. And we need people like that. Or there are people who, do you know somebody like this, who likes just to step across the line? Just to see what's on the other side. They never stay in their place. They never stay with just the familiar. They, 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 they want, they love differences. They love to extend um, um, a, a, a capacity or a... Uh, um, a help to some place it wouldn't ordinarily go. They love to have conversations with people they shouldn't even talk to because they believe that something good can come out of that kind of venture. If you know somebody like that, and that's me, it's, and, it's, and, and that's one of my gifts is, is why I keep getting in so much trouble. I keep having these conversations on behalf of the church that the church doesn't talk with these people. Or my wife just sweats it out because I fly to places that aren't safe. And, and the church doesn't go there. But this is, a, this is a gift of apostleship. You know somebody like this who won't just stay in their place. Because they know the only way the kingdom is going to be expanded is to go where you shouldn't go. And talk to people nobody else in your group will talk to. That's important. All right? Okay. I don't even know where I am in the list. Um, and it's getting time. We need to wind it up. Let me tell you, all these capacities and all the list is, is, is going to be posted on our website. You can look down through them, but you get the general idea here, don't you?
the general idea is that the, all of the resources that you need are embedded in the relationships you have. All of the capacity God has to exercise through you is fit to those who have complementary, with an E, completing capacities of those around you. And as we go through this, we will realize this. We will realize that God doesn't build a kingdom, that we are the kingdom. And God adds to our numbers those through whom he is working to bless the world.